I just feel like the important thing is like you look at that as you would a magazine editor. How do we craft and tell this story about who this interior design firm is, what their values are, what their aesthetic is, and why other people want to read about it? The Wingnut Social Podcast. Does your interior design business need a PR firm? It just might. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating digital influence into physical success. This is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the host of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell. Hey there, Wingnuts. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm the head Wingnut, Darla Powell, and I am joined by the soulless ginger, orangutan nag, Natalie Graff. Natalie Ann Graff, a.k.a. the nag. You know, I actually signed an email today, nag. Was it somebody who knew the reference? Yes, they did, because when they so nicely said hello to me yesterday, Sarah Brennan, Says hi, Nag. Is that um, Sarah Lynn Brennan? I think it is Sarah Lynn I think Brennan. her branding includes the Lynn. It does include the Lynn, but... You gave me her wrong email at just Sarah Brennan, so yeah. I'm going to throw you under the bus. So, <laughs> Sarah, I corrected her, but yes, I okay, will so always- shout out to Sarah Lynn Brennan. Yes, and I will always sign it NAG now, so- Okay, well, let's get to them. No, nobody cares about your, what you sign your emails. Let's you have given- the, But wait, you let's have Let's get to given, the important stuff. You have given me these names. People should care. They care that I am the NAG and the soulless ginger. <laughs> you know, a lot of people email you and refer to you as the NAG. I know. And Pebbles- pebbles i love okay. it all right now we can get to it I'm now, done. let's get to the important stuff i'm done go what's ahead. the most important thing happening this week oh all right wing nuts is this even going to air for why this is going to be important no but it's important regardless right because you're going to be old i'm already old i'm just oh. going to be older well you're not going to be able to say you're 50 anymore now you're going to have to say you're in your 50s <laughs> thank you jerry Cerruti. i, I be- love that and i'm going to use that forever you are in your 50s <laughs> i know i'm going to be 51 this weekend and jerry Cerruti, our, our b fry there says are you just mad that you're going to have to say you're in your 50s now <laughs> i'm not gonna say how old jerry will be on the 17th no we <laughs> won't we won't go there we love jerry <laughs> payback we do love jerry but what are you getting for your birthday, darling? Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting, I've wanted this for six months. I've been begging you for six months to get this. It's called the Mirror Workout. And I know that Barrett Waddell of Waddell and Pachetti has one. And I've been so jealous watching her stories with her mirror. And it's getting delivered Thursday. Yay. Yay. Happy birthday. <laughs> I'm so excited. But there's one thing that I've wanted now for a couple of weeks that you refuse no, 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 no. Remember, let's rephrase this. No, no, no. no. I, listen, I, listen, no. listen, 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 Linda. Listen, Linda. Remember how long I waited to see Captain Marvel? You did. It was at least two weeks. It did. Well, now we're in a repeat holding pattern with Endgame. And you know, the longer you wait, the more of a danger there is for you to be exposed to spoilers. And guess what, Soulless Ginger? I know what happens in Endgame and I haven't even seen it yet because people spoiled it for me. Well, you know, if there was some more hours in the day, possibly I could have taken you to see that movie. I know. We're so busy. And Nicole Heimer sent me a DM today saying, hey, girl, it's been a while. Let's catch up. Let's talk about Endgame. And I had to hang my head and say, I'm so, I haven't even seen it yet. But isn't it a good thing we're busy? Yeah, it is a good thing we're busy. And one, one of the main reasons we're busy is because of our lovely wingnuts. Our lovely wingnuts, yes, which whom we love dearly, but we introduced that new strategy package. We did, and it's it's it, it seems like I send a new one out every day. For Shane someone. is about ready to strangle us. That's right. <laughs> Shane is like, oh my god, we have to hire someone else. I'm way too busy. A, it's a good thing we keep adding to our team. And we did. We just added yes, Shantae. Yes, and we will introduce her at some point on this podcast. Well, aren't we introducing her? We now? are, but we could have her on the podcast, Darla. Yeah, we could. We could totally have she her. Might Shana be. was on. That's right. So why not? Yeah. Shantae Schwartz, our new full-time wingnut. That's right. Yeah, guys, because we're growing thanks to you guys. And oh, But but mm-hmm. I have I have other news. Oh, oh, do I I don't know what this is. What? Yeah, you do. Darla has a bright idea that maybe oh. we should do this podcast twice a week. Yeah. So we put out a poll today on Instagram saying, Hey wingnuts, we must ask you. Do you want us to put out twice a week episodes? I don't know why anybody would want to listen to us twice a week. Or even once, for that matter. There there is that. Or is once a week good enough for you? And so far, it's like, 
I don't know, 87%? Hell yes, twice a week, 1%? Like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to have no life. You already have no life. I do. So what's one I more know. show? What's more? Hey, why not? Bring it. Yeah, let's bring it. Is, isn't that the thing that you have to take the stairs before you can take the elevator? Or something like that. Yeah, who said that? Was Michelle Williams that said that, something right? Like, something I don't like remember. that. Natalie, today's guest, yes. Andrew Joseph, has sprung from the well of the gift that keeps on giving the dick. The Design Influencers Conference, the DIC, that is what the acronym stands for, you dirty, dirty minded girl. I don't know why you always have to say that. Because that's what it is. <laughs> but there's no need for that. We have Francisca Newman on. Yes. We met her at the DIC, the Design Influencers Conference, yes. formerly known as the Design Bloggers Conference. Yes. Who else do we have for on for the oh, best ever? Abby, what do you mean the best ever? They're all best. But they Abby are McCollum, the best, but she's the best ever because she, you want her to be your BFF, so you can be on HGTV. <laughs> is why I said the best ever. Listen, that the is wing not, nuts listing will understand. Listen, I love Abby. She's just good people. She just but spells her name wrong. If I were to get on HGTV, I might like her a little bit more. That's right. We met. We one of our friends actually knows who she is. I know. One of our clients, Small World, who works for a television company here in Miami. Knows knows exactly who Abby is and says she's wonderful poops. So today's guest is Andrew Joseph. You guys might know him from Andrew Joseph Public Relations. Andrew Joseph PR, I really, I think is how he likes to hear that said, right? I think so. He's cute. He's adorable. And he's got little tattoos and he's in great shape. Yeah, I love him. I instantly knew I loved him when I met him at the Design Influencers Conference. But we were the torn. Dick. The dick. Thank you. We were torn in so many directions that I didn't have time to sit and, you know. Chat with him very chat much. Chat with him because he works with some pretty decent designers. And I'm like, hey. Yeah, they're all right. Maybe we should, uh, you know, pick each other's brains. Hey, maybe you should read the bio. All right, Wingness, let me tell you a little bit about Andrew Joseph. With over 20 years in the world of publishing and public relations, Andrew Joseph is an experienced and strategic asset for home and design brands, as well as designers looking to position themselves in a busy market. Andrew started his career at Condé Nast Publications in Fashion and Beauty with Vanity Fair and Allure, where he learned the industry from the inside out, experiencing firsthand the inner workings of the editorial side of publicity. When opening Andrew Joseph PR in 2012, he shifted gears to architecture and design, applying his Southern charm... And he was charming. I think we already said that, right? Yes, we did. And New York know-how to a career as a marketing and public relations expert. Andrew has owned and managed his own firm for the last seven years. Returning to his editorial roots, Andrew was named an Aspire Design and Home Magazine contributing editor in 2018, where he shines spotlights on fresh and famous design tastemakers with Maker Monday and Designer Friday, quote-unquote, through lighthearted Q&A. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Andrew Joseph to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Yay! Yay! Hey there, Andrew Joseph. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? I am doing very well, and I'm thrilled to be speaking with you today. And I, I guess I'll let our listeners know, we tried this earlier this week, and we're having a little bit of difficulty. So... Now it's like, ding, 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 we've won. <laughs> yeah, technical difficulty is always the best. Don't you know, good things are always worth the wait. I completely agree. Since you opened up that can of worms, since I was telling the wingnuts this weekend's my birthday and I was supposed to get my mirror today, I didn't get my mirror today. <laughs> yeah. It's getting delayed till tomorrow. Yeah, but think about it. If you as a designer or myself as a publicist had the work ethic of people that deliver merchandise, we would fail miserably. (laughs) Yeah. I will say that the mirror people called me like right away and they're like, oh my gosh, this is unacceptable. I'm so sorry. Here, here, here's, let's throw some money at you. We apologize. You'll get it tomorrow. Yeah, but but here's the catch to that. Here's that catch to that Mm -hmm. money that they threw at her, Andrew. She promptly reminded me that, well, now you have this much money to go buy me some more presents. (laughs) (laughs) I did. (laughs) I mean, what is up with that? I did. Someone has their priorities in a row. <laughs> I see that. Yeah, exactly. Thank I, you. I mean, her Thank birthday you, is not till Sunday, and she has already started birthday today. And by so the time this aired, you, it's going to be three days. That's right. Yeah. And you are lucky that you have made the cut today. I am. She I do has feel lucky. her calendar. Yeah, this is Wingnut Weekend. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joseph. Let's let's get serious. Okay. Let's right. dig no, in. we're never serious. No, we're serious. What is PR? 
<laughs> okay. I'm never serious. No, Go seriously. Let, so, Joseph, ahead, you know, I was telling the wingnuts all about your credentials and your PR experience, but there's gonna, there's bound to be some people listening to this going, what the heck is PR? Why do I need it? So just in a nutshell, tell us a, if you were to look in Wikipedia, <laughs> the basic explanation of PR and why it's helpful for designers. Sure. It's important to start out doing a wider scope of of the landscape. And I recently read in an article that I thought, oh, wow, I've been doing this for so many years and this explains things so succinctly. So if you're talking about advertising, like whether it be a billboard or in a magazine, you are screaming your message to as many people that are out there. And it's not always the right audience. If you are doing marketing, you have a somewhat already engaged audience, someone that is slightly interested in what you have to offer. That's why in marketing, there's a little bit more information, whether that be marketing material, a pamphlet about your interior design firm, of course, your website. It is someone that is engaged and wants to know more. And I think why public relations is so valuable and so important is that it is a third party giving you a review or recommending your services or helping elevate your brand in a significant way. Whether that be someone like yourself, who's a podcaster, a magazine editor, um, someone that is an influencer on social media, um, it's really someone singing your praises. And you know, when, when you have that, you as a consumer or as an end user have an investment in who those people are. So when they're singing your praises, it is that much more valuable. Okay, so when you're saying from a third party, like singing your praises anonymously, like on your behalf? No, 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 no. I'm not talking about, I'm not necessarily talking about what PR people do. What PR people do is they're essentially very sophisticated and nuanced salespeople. They sell stories and ideas to the media. And when I say the third party, it's the media. It's a magazine editor that's writing about you or placing your project in a magazine or online or using you as a quote, as a thought leader or tastemaker. It's a media, social media influencer posting about your work and sharing that with their audience. Whereas advertising and marketing is more one-sided and comes from a company comes from a very specific perspective what pr is is it's that it's that magazine that online blog a podcaster who's giving your message to a larger audience oh okay so that makes sense because my next question i was going to ask you is what's really the difference between a a pr agency and a marketing agency so um is it, would it be fair to say that a PR agency is a marketing agency on um, elevated steroids? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I've been a working professional in New York for almost 20 years now. I'm really okay. dating myself. And I started out in the magazine world and I did uh, beauty and fashion PR for many years until I reached a point where if I had to talk about where your hemline was supposed to be or what color was supposed to be on your cheekbones one more season I was going to gargle broken glass uh, <laughs> uh, but and so, but so I've been doing PR for you know a good 16 of the years that I've, I've been in New York and I think PR in general has evolved and changed over the years and I think marketing and PR is becoming more and more synonymous with one another. For example, it's one thing if you get a great story in Architectural Digest or House Beautiful or Lux Magazine, how are you going to market that? Like, what are you going to do to help try and escalate that um, win for your design firm into sales? 
And that's, that's where marketing comes in. It means that you probably need to do, be doing a mailer. You probably need, need to do, um, you know, sh- share that with your clients and have mm-hmm. your clients be able to share that with their friends. And, you know, that's, that's the marketing that comes after good PR. Um, I so I think, I think really good PR agents help a design firm or a manufacturer with that process. But, you know, I mean, I think anyone, anyone in our industry right now is they're working really hard and wearing a lot of hats to stay ahead of the curve. Yes. They really are. And, uh, you know, you were talking about the magazines, and we've been fortunate enough to actually be featured in a few of them. Um, Business of Home, Architectural Digest, and Designers Today with Jane Dagme. So I just, which reminds me, um, that's on the Wingnut Social side, but on the Darla Powell Interior side, Say I came to you as a beginning budding designer. Would you tell me to wait and come back until you have just a little bit more uh, weight under your belt and some more images before I would consider hiring a PR firm? It depends. Okay. I think everyone has like a different perspective and view of this. Um, I, I feel like I was really fortunate that I started out working in magazines and understanding how magazines work what their rationale is, how they put stories together. Um, so if I uh, look um, at a firm, I really try and evaluate, am I going to be able to deliver for this client so that they get a return on an investment? You know, just like an interior designer, this is a reputational business. And if you take people's money and don't deliver, you're not going to develop a great reputation and therefore you're not going to get new clients. And so let me answer that in a really different way. There, there are designers that have come to me that probably make 10 times more money than I do, have a, a super robust portfolio and lots and lots and lots of homes and make their clients very happy in creating beautiful, livable, wonderful homes. But that doesn't mean that their portfolio is magazine-worthy. There may not be the story there that a magazine is really looking at. Um, And so I want... I want to really want to make sure that when I take on a client, even if their portfolio is light or if it's robust, I just feel like the important thing is like you look at that as you would a magazine editor, like how do we craft and tell this story about who this interior design firm is, what their values are, what their aesthetic is and why other people want to read about it. So Andrew, I'm trying to pay attention and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what as a designer or owning a design firm, what can I expect from hiring you? What what is the main what can I get? More press, more clientele. I mean, why? What what do, what do I need to do? Oh, you're not on your game either. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to know why. Why why spend the money because I I totally agree with you. If someone's going to make the investment and is going to spend the money, you've got to be able to produce for them. Yeah. So, why should I spend the money to do it? What what are you looking to produce for me for something that I can't get on my own? Okay. So, first of all, this is a random personal example. So, you know, I mentioned I started out working in magazines. I did fashion and beauty PR before I moved into architecture and interior design. And there was like a nanosecond of my life that I thought that I wanted to be a jewelry designer. And so I partnered with a company and we made a collection, uh, started. And I was like, because I have this amazing PR background, like, of course, it's going to be totally successful. And <laughs> I found that I was completely paralyzed when it came to pitching myself. Oh. Doing it for others came very easily. And I think you know, one lesson that I learned out of that is that I am more comfortable being um, the behind the scenes guy than I am the person 
that's in the limelight and in the camera. Um, but that, that, that's another thing. But, but, but in addition to that, I think one of, the, one of the other valuable things of working with a PR firm is if you represent good people and if you're, you respect editors, producers, you know, journalists' deadlines, right. they're going to trust you and they're going to look at you as a resource. Here's a great example. Um, I was in New Orleans with my partner over the holidays. This was years ago. And shocker, we might have been drinking in the French Quarter. (laughs) And I was checking my phone. And this was over Christmas break. And I got an email from a reporter at the Wall Street Journal saying, oh my gosh, everyone's out of the office. Are there, is there anyone on this list that can get me X, Y, Z? And I was like, oh yeah, that's no problem. So as I was drinking in the French Quarter, I just shot off these emails and these images that this editor needed. And you know, one, I got my client in the Wall Street Journal. And two, now every single time that editor is looking for a story because I went out of my way in a time that most people took off, she reaches out to me. I get leads from her at least once or twice a week. Um, Nice. And so, you know, and it's the same thing with all the other magazines that we work with. You know, oh, I'm working, you know, on a celestial story. Do you have anything with stars and moons and clouds? Or I'm working on, <laughs> Lucky you know, a, water, a watercolor <laughs> story. And, right. and so it's, they know that when they reach out, they're going to get what they're looking for. You know, that's something we had Vanessa Helmick on the show recently, and that's what she was saying. She, you know, that it really is just developing a relationship with these editors. And, you know, they know that she's a go-to designer and she'll have something ready or something in the genre for their style. It's just like when it's going outside of those expectations when you answered her outside of the hours. All right, right. She'll know. Oh, well, let me try him first. I know I'm not going to have to wait, you know, five days for him to respond. Right. No, he even yeah. when he drinks in the, fr- yeah, uh, the French, French Quarter, Quarter, he picks up his phone. But let's let's go back to our baby designers, Andrew. Let's say they can't quite afford you to, to go ahead and hire you. What could you give them? Could you give them a small little um, a DIY recommendation? How about for some- DIY? Oh, I am dyslexic. I'm sorry. <laughs> I-, I think it's the same thing. I think, well, I think the very first thing, if you're starting out, if you're in the beginning of your career, one of the things that you really need to focus on is having quality photography that you own the full usage rights for. That means that taking, you know, buying full usage is a little bit more expensive, but it, you're just you're going to be able to do so much more with it down the road. So I think the first thing that I would say to anyone wanting to get into, you know, to get their their name out there a little bit more is first to invest in photography. And then two, knowing who the players are, um, going to events and networking uh, where you know editors are going to be there. And while, you know, editors know that they can trust me and, you know, a hundred other publicists that they rely on, they love to meet new people and new fresh faces and get fresh ideas and perspective. And they want to know firsthand who they're writing about. So I think introducing yourself, helping build a network, but then also, again, it's like you have to think like that magazine editor. Like if you had a super traditional project with shiplap and you pitched it (laughs) and you pitched it to El Decor, like that editor is going to be like, clearly you don't respect my time. You don't know my magazine and you don't know my audience or reader. Like, why would you send me this project that looks like it should be for Victoria Home or Southern Living or, you know, something else? Mm -hmm. 
Well, that, that leads me to my next question is what kinds of things can go wrong when a designer handles I their own PR? I think just that. I think he just <laughs> yeah. answered that question. Yeah. What should designers be leery about when pitching to the press? And that's a very blatant one. But if you had to recommend one big thing for designers not to do when pitching to the press, what would that be? What would your biggest caveat be? So I was at a discussion a couple of years ago with Elizabeth Rawls, the editor-in-chief of Atlanta Homes and Lifestyles. And she, in her presentation, had given an example and even used a slide, which was so wonderful. <laughs> it didn't say who the designer was, but it was, it was, it basically said, Dear Elizabeth Rawl, I think this project would be wonderful for better homes and gardens. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, okay, again, really know your know your know who you're pitching to, what their beat is, right. why they're there. You know, one thing I'm I'm not sure if you're aware of, because it's a relatively new part of uh, my repertoire, is I'm also a contributing editor at Aspire Design and Home magazine. And, we said that in your bio. and now I, one of the things that I love about it is it gives me a competitive advantage to see what other PR firms are pitching, how they pitch, what their tactics are and what their press release, <laughs> what their press releases look Sneaky. like. Sneaky. It is. It's totally, <laughs> it totally is. You're Sneaky like a, Pete. You're like a mole. Yeah. Sneaky but, Pete. okay, but here, but here's a great, here's a great example. Like some random PR firm had written me for Aspire Home and Design, which is a magazine about architecture and design. They said, dear Andrew, we've loved reading your tips about weddings and events over the years. And we think this wedding expert would be great for your column. And I'm like, well, one, I've never written a wedding tip in my life. And two, if you knew my column, it has nothing to do with weddings or events. Interesting. So Andrew, when a designer is ready to hire a professional PR firm, what things should they look for a designer be looking for in one like credentials? What is it? What's What are we looking for? There are a good 20 or 30 people in this industry that are really, really good at what they do. And I like to think that I'm in, in, in that group. But I think, you know, when I look at, at some of my competitors, I think what you and I look at their I look at some of their clients and I'm like, you know what? I would kill myself if I had to work with that person. And so I think really what it comes really what it comes down to is I think you want to look at a PR firm's track record and you want to look at the results that they're consistently getting for their clients. But really How do you find that? But really, I mean I think I think you know what we do is we post every single story we get on our Facebook business page. Okay. And it, and that goes back for, we've been doing that for three or four years. So it's pretty robust. But I think, but I think really what it comes down to is, and this is not something you asked me, but I'm going to throw this in there. Like, sure. like there is one of the things that I prepare people for when, the, when we start working with one another is there's always lots of homework. And so I think what a designer or, you know, a company or a manufacturer needs to think is, you know, what is that person's temperament like? Um, what is, you know, what is, what's your relationship with them? Because you, you're, you're going to need to spend a lot of time with that person and you're going to need to have a connection of some kind. Um, I think that's the most important thing. I agree. Because you're really, not only that, but you're trusting them on kind of an intimate level, right? Yeah. It's very vulnerable. Say, so here's this work, you know, can you get it published? And there's going to be some rejection and some successes in there as well. You're going to be sharing a lot of, you know, in the trenches kind of with your career and, yeah. you know, depending on your goals, what you're going to do there. Yeah. I, I agree. You definitely want to make sure that you vibe. It's like when you select a design client, you're basically married to them. Yes, totally. 100%. you have someone that you don't get along with, oh. 100%. 
I already know, and I already know the answer to this next question because um, you've pretty much already spelled it out there for us. But should a designer look for a niche business like yours with the boutique PR or a large firm? <laughs> they should all go to Andrew Joseph PR. No, no, no. I know. No. See, I know this. No, no, no. So, but go ahead. That's hard for me to answer, but I will answer in my favor. Um, <laughs> of course, of course I will. See, I told you I knew. <laughs> but you know, I knew the But answer. you know, like I look at people who are more generalists, who like take on cooking clients and, um, you know, event planners and, you know, chefs and beverage and design. And they're really more lifestyle. They really like do a lot of different things. And I admire those people because I think their job is that much more difficult because they need to know that many more people in order to support their business and get results for clients. We, so I have great respect for people that are PR generalists that have lots of different types of clients. Good for them. I admire that. I think we are end up being better is because we are deeply deeply entrenched in this industry. You know, we have deep relationships. I am a super early riser. I get up at 4 a.m. Some of my most productive parts of the day are from 4 to (laughs) 8, you know, but I don't usually stop emailing until 7 at night. And, you know, Mm -hmm. my team doesn't have those quite those long hours. But, you know, if if I'm not, emailing people all day they are too so it's our job to always be on the lookout for what's going on at the magazines and what stories are they working on and how can we be more involved in what what they're doing so that our clients have you know our clients are there yeah, and that, that's important that you put out that, it, you know, the niche or niche, we can never really agree on how to say that business and that you do focus on interior designers and that you're up to your ears in interior design work because that's what we do here too at Wingnut Socials. We focus on that because there's an absolute, you know, need for someone that can speak the language or knows the avenues, knows the editors. And you don't want someone that's, you know, is going to have to decide, oh, do I talk to the business today editor or do I talk to Architectural Digest? You know, <laughs> you want someone really focused and someone that can see um, your end goals through in that way. Well, I mean, like for, you know, I think a great example is I'm sure you work with contractors and there are different people that play different roles within your design firm. But would your client want to hire the contractor to do the interiors? Like, no, because you're the the one that knows that language, you know those skills, and that's what you're there for. Andrew, do you have an example of someone that you've taken, like say a new client, they don't have to be named, but if you want to, you can. And can you leave us with like a real life example of some significant success that you've achieved for them after they've started working with you in the the PR aspect? Let me give a couple of different examples and I'll make them short and, sure. short and quick. Alan Tanksley is a client. He worked at the other firm that I worked at or excuse me, he was a client of the other firm that I worked at before I started my own firm. And when I went out on my own, he came with me. And so he and I uh, are approaching 13 years of, of working with one another. And in that many years, in over a decade of collaborating with someone, there are ebbs and flows. And, um, there are times when all of the, you know, all the projects that you have have been in a magazine and you look at what you have, you're you're like, oh my gosh, it's the beginning of the month. I don't know what kind of rabbit I'm going to pull out of a hat for this client because there's, you know, he's in a position where he's looking for clients and doesn't have a lot of work or he has like five projects that he's working on, but we're not going to have it photographed for another six months. And invariably with Alan Tanksley, we have, we have over delivered and got him, you know, in an interview or we've taken an old project and look at the entrance way and talked about how we can turn this into an idea story or a service story about 
you know, the most important impression that you have in the house in the entrance way or, or fill in the blank. Like, you know, it's, it's always been remarkable when a client has ebbs and flows that we're still able to deliver the results that they pay for. I'm looking at his website too. His, his work is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really gorgeous. Yeah. You know, I think someone that we both know and, and really, <laughs> really, really, really like Sandra yeah, Funk. This is going. Um, oh, I knew you were talking about yeah, Funky Sandra. Well, first of all, she's super delightful to work with, not yes. only because she is who she is, but her team. I mean, like, wow. They are so yeah. organized and so on top of the, on top of everything. That and that, you know, like sometimes working with clients, it is like pulling teeth trying to get information or trying to meet a deadline. And that office is so on top of things. It is like a dream. Yeah, they really are. It's a dream. It is a a dream. Yeah, they, they are. She's scheduled to come on the podcast actually soon. And her, I have, you know, all these people on her staff emailing me, here's the direction we would like to go and and let's schedule a meeting. I'm like, where, how can I get these people on my team? Yeah, totally. It's really impressive. So hats off to you, Sandra. Um, But one of the things, you know, that Sandra had said is like, wow, you know, I feel like we did what we could knowing who we did and what we did to a certain point. Mm Mm-hmm. And once we yeah. started working with you, everything has accelerated in a really significant way. Um, and that's a you huge... Know, we talked to her at the DIC and we said, we were talking to her and said, hey, you know, we kind of were thinking about getting a PR guy. How's Andrew, how's Andrew working out for you? Like, and then you came up and then we had to stop <laughs> talking about you. So, Oh, yeah. No, she said she said she was very happy. She did say she was very happy. And I've, I see her everywhere and her, her work is stunning. A, she's gorgeous. B, and I just see her everywhere. So you're you're obviously doing something right there. Yeah, yeah. But that that's also an that's also an example of a client that totally understands. Like here here here's another example. There's a was a, mm-hmm. a really famous designer, really big name. You know, AD one hundred type of designer um, that I worked with. And I felt like that what they thought was it's kind of like advertising. Like you write a check and you just see results at the end of the month. And there was an opportunity that we had with El Decor and El Decor wanted this information. And, you know, we called this designer and left five or six voicemails. We texted this designer and never got a text response we emailed like 12 times explaining el decor's deadline and how important it was and then if we didn't miss the deadline you know if we miss the deadline that that's it like magazines aren't going to wait for you they have to go to print yeah no and then you know a week after the deadline they got angry because we said oh you know the el decor story is no more because you weren't able to act. And yeah. Ouch. well, yeah, but I mean, it's like, you know, that we, 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 we went, we went above yeah. and beyond <laughs> trying to make the I'll story say. work. So there's nothing worse than an angry magazine. editor. Well, yeah. And, 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 and that goes back to our reputational management too, is when we have mm-hmm. clients that don't, respond or don't help us meet deadlines that reflects poorly on us too um and so it's got to be fresh super frustrating yeah Yeah, it takes two to tango there absolutely 100 percent. yeah so when do you get a new client and do you yeah i imagine you you do but i imagine it's very important to set up those expectations and let them know hey you can't just sit back in your recliner i mean you you might have to answer a phone call (laughs) or a text here or there well the you know the other the other interesting thing that i tell clients when i manage their expectations from the onset of collaboration and it's really honestly it's counterintuitive for them to for them to want to hire me but I will always tell an interior designer, if you're hiring me because you think that means that I am going to bring you new clients, you're wrong. 
Because what I can promise is if you want to go on a book tour, I can deliver that. If you want to be on a speaking circuit, I can deliver that. If you want to see your projects in magazines, I can deliver that. But what I cannot deliver or what I cannot guarantee is, you know, what comes after that. And here is another great example. We had a designer years ago that did a celebrity home and it ended up on the cover of traditional home magazine. And because it was a celebrity, it was also picked up by Life and Style and People Magazine and, you know, a dozen or 30 or more, you know, celebrity blogs. And that client got zero. Not one, oh, not wow. one phone call or inquiry at all. Now, fast forward four or five months later, they were in Introspective, the first dibs online magazine. And within the first week of them being in Introspective, they got seven new business leads. So wow. you would think at face value, Having one, a celebrity, two, being on the cover, it also being picked up online, really blowing up, quote unquote, going viral, that that would mean the phones would be ringing off the hook, but not at all. So I think there, there are just, there are far too many variables. You know, someone could have read that article and said, oh, this designer is you know, probably not obtainable for me because they'd never work with my budget. And then they read them online and they're like, oh, this this designer totally seems approachable and attainable because they come across so well in the article. Like, like just there's just too, way too many factors to take into consideration. So if I say to you, oh, Darla, if we work together, you know, people are going to be calling you left and right. I would feel I would feel inauthentic. I absolutely feel confident that I can deliver what our agreeables are, like what we agree on. But if that if it means that you think that that's going to result in automatic new business, I can't. But but think of this. Here here's the other here's the other part of that. So when you are going up to a designer or where you're presenting a design project, and you have to think that there's probably two or three or more people that might also be presenting to that same homeowner. I think what the real value of PR is if you present a portfolio that says, oh my gosh, Darla was talked about in the business of home and she was talked about in AD Pro and um, she was in Decorators Today. Like, there are those important third-party people that are saying how valuable this person is. I should probably hire them over another person that no one said anything about. Right. It, that gives you like a little bit of gravitas <laughs> there. Yeah. It's like, yeah, a little bit of proof. That's one of the reasons why I started my presence on uh, social media when I first started out, you know, two years ago. And I really wanted to just get like, a, you know, build that following because when clients went to go research me and say, who is this Darla Powell? They would say, oh, you know, at the time she has 5,000 or 7,000 followers. She must be pretty good. Let me hire her. And boy, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> it worked well. It worked really well. Natalie, do you have any other questions for Andrew before I hit him? I don't. Up I, like his, I like his last one, and I know your brain's, you know, mm-hmm. just like spinning, so go ahead. Andrew, I have a new question that we're going to try out on you. You're the guinea pig today on the What Up Wingnut Round. Oh, yes. This is my favorite part. I almost <laughs> forgot. Are you ready? Yes. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. All right. Andrew Joseph, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? Okay, I would be a weeping willow because I think, one, they are really beautiful and elegant Mm. and they make an amazing statement. The other thing, because we've wanted, my partner and I have wanted to put a weeping willow on our property upstate, (laughs) um, is a fact that I found out is that they are also swift and fast growers with deep roots. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's very deep. Very deep, Andrew. Yeah. 
second, <laughs> the second question, this is the new one we're, that we're going to spring on you. What okay. would your hashtag on your tombstone be? Well, I thought about a lot of them and they were all really long. Um, <laughs> and so what I, if it were really going to be a hashtag, I, it needs to be, you know, short and pithy. And so I would say never compare. And I say never compare because, you know, we live in this world of social media where everyone looks like everything is always bright and sunshiny and filled with magic and sparkles. And um, you never know what people are really going through. Um, And I think comparing yourself to others like, oh, this person has so many more clients than I do, or their design work is so much better. It's like, you know what? If you know you are doing the best that you can, that's the important thing. And the important thing in comparing yourself to others just makes you feel sucky. Amen. And it doesn't get you anywhere. You're too busy spending energy worrying about what they're doing instead of focusing on the best that you can do. Totally. Totally. That was a great guinea pig first answer. It was. I like it. If you could have only one superhero power, what would it be and why? Because I listen to your podcast all the time. Um, I believe it was Susan Winterstein that said she wished she could be Samantha from Bewitched. And I couldn't quite get past that because I love that idea so much. If I could like twinkle my nose and have my kitchen cleaned or my lawn lawn mowed or like, you know, all of those like tasks that aren't fun. I would totally like, I would totally do that. I don't disagree. I think that would be amazing. Of course you would use your powers for good. I hope. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) All right. Last but not least, what book has had the biggest impact on you either personally or professionally? Um, It has to be Armistead Maupin's Tales of the City. Um, if you don't know about the book, uh, it started out as a San Francisco Chronicle. It was part of their newspaper and it was just reporting about mythical characters that lived in San Francisco during the 1970s. And when I went to college in Minnesota, my plan was to immediately go to New York and the spring break before I was graduating a friend and I went to San Francisco and he gave me the book, Tales of the City. And I completely shifted course and I spent three rather aimless years <laughs> in San Francisco <laughs> before I ended up facing my Peter Pan complex and finally moving <laughs> to New York and being a big boy. Um, but I mean, I think that that book impacted me so much because the characters are just so rich with diversity and personality and it talked about a counterculture that i think in a world of sameness that we live in is really valuable and that was tales of the city by amstead moppin armistead moppin armistead sorry okay so that'll be in the show notes wing nuts if you want to check that out i could definitely hear the impact it's had on you it has like a little emotional place on its bookshelf there in your heart Absolutely. absolutely your little bookshelf heart Andrew, please tell the Wingnuts where they can find you if they want to hook up with you and your awesome sauce services. Sure. You can find me at Andrew at andrewjosephpr.com. You're, of course, welcome to take a look at our website, which is andrewjosephpr.com. You're welcome to find us on Facebook at andrewjosephpr and on Instagram I have my personal account where I'm a little bit more sassy called The Real Andrew Joseph. And then there's my business account, which is Andrew Andrew Joseph PR. The professional side, the serious side. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not always, I'm not always any of those things all the time, but sometimes. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, for, oh, this was a delight. In our, um, I didn't get my mirror today, so I'm all off kilter today. But thank you so much for joining us today. You have an amazing weekend. Thank you. You too. And happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Natalie and Graf. Yes. Are we going to hire a PR firm or what are we doing? 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't I've either. been thinking about it because I know with, for the design side. For the design side, yeah, not for Wingnut Social. No. Obviously, hello, um, you know, Wingnut Social has been in magazines and stuff. It's got its own traction. Darla Palantiris has two, but not in that way. You know, not like here's this beautiful room by superstar designer Darla Powell. That I would I wouldn't mind seeing. And I think Andrew could pull that off. Absolutely. So that's something to really discuss. Also, I want to discuss about why my mirror didn't come today. <laughs> I think your mirror not coming today. Is like just thrown off my your exercise whole aura. mirror. Yeah, it kind of did. I was really bummed about that. It was like Christmas if Santa Claus didn't come to your house. Who's Santa Claus? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think so. Oh, that's what I was going to say because I know that we talked to Sandra Funk at the Design Influencers Conference, and she she's very happy. She, oh yeah, she loves him. Says he's excellent. Yeah, and I see Sandra everywhere in magazines and you name it. She's got that going on. So he must know what he's doing. You would think. So maybe you should like keep that in he your He must back be doing pocket. something right, because Sandra's right. no dummy. No. She's really smart. She's actually coming on an upcoming episode somewhere up here. We're interviewing her, I think, next month. Is it next month? Uh, uh, whatever the calendar says. I don't know. I can't keep up anymore. Maybe it's because you're getting ready to turn 51 Shut today. up. You shut your mouth. Your ginger soulless mouth. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you tell the lovely Wait. wingnuts? What? Oh, are we going to go to two episodes a week or not? Are we still thinking about this? I think we're still mulling that over. The wingnuts said yes. They said hell yes. But you they know, don't control all things. They kind of do, though. I kind of live for my wingnuts. For sure. I do. All right, guys. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening to this podcast on. Follow us on all the social channels at Wingnut Social. And if you need some help with your marketing for your interior design business, give us a call at one eight seven seven wingnut we have operators standing by with bated breath, ready to help you with your marketing. And you know what? Tell some friends about this podcast. Help spread the word about the wingnuts. And what the hell? Tell some enemies. Let's get the word out. <laughs> it's really growing fast, but what the hell? Let's get more listeners, shall we? Let's expand the wingnut empire. <laughs> and I think that's it for this week, Nat. You got anything else? I don't. So long. See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. Now that she's guzzling down all my water, she is so rude. Fashion and beauty with vanity fear. Fear. Are you scared? I'm fear. I'm feared. What is it? Tell me, Alex. What do they win? Don Pardo. No. <laughs>